Welcome to the Anti-Architect Podcast. I am your host, Christian Giordano. As president and owner of the design firm Mancini Duffy, I am driven by a quest for learning and radically changing the industry. With this podcast, I'm hoping to improve the industry that I'm so passionate about by taking a critical look at how architects work through a variety of voices and shared experiences. Hello, Anti-Architect Podcast listeners. I am excited to have Jim Shisa here in the studio as my guest on the Anti-Architect Podcast. Jim is the founder and managing principal of WorkLink Consulting, spelled W-R-K-L-N-K, a talent management and recruiting firm based in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Jim and his company focus solely on architects, engineers, and the construction industry. Jim connects top industry talent with the right opportunity and the right companies all throughout the United States. WorkLink was born out of the pandemic. Jim decided to take a more transformative approach to support his clients facing modern day employer and employee relationship challenges. Jim thinks out of the box. His services and solutions go beyond traditional staffing and recruiting. Knowing this industry, he provides additional services around firm efficiencies, outsourcing, profitability, and strategic business and expansion growth. He's a real resource for our industry. Jim, I'm excited to have you here uh, on the podcast and bring this kind of conversation to our audience. It's a bit unexpected kind of of what we do, um, but I think the audience will appreciate kind of learning about your craft and because you are such a valuable part. Uh, whether everybody knows it or not, to the industry. Right. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Christian. I appreciate your interest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I know that you are more than than just a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, and but in in many people's minds, you know, the, the word recruiter gets a bad rap. And from the employer, right? You steal my employees. You cost too much. You know, you can be pushy, right? From the employee, you know, you call me too much, you uh, propose, you know, maybe the same firms uh, and you challenge me on my skill set. But then on the flip side, if I'm the employee and I want a job, I call you, right? You help actually with resumes. You know what a good fit is. You can even help negotiate an employee's salary, which most employees, honestly, from the employer point of view, are not very good at. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you're invaluable on that side. And then as the employer, you know, you save us a tremendous amount of time, right? You have a database. You can help, you know, find people. You, you understand salary ranges where maybe we're totally off on the salary. And you, because you, you, you know, I know this because you've worked with us. Mm-hmm. You've said you're totally off on that salary. That person gets paid way more or way less. So you're, what are you, nuts? Um, and I would say for, for me personally, you know, you found some critical people for our firm that we would have never found. You know, you, you find the unicorn um, when, when time comes. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> so before we talk critically about architects and engineers and designers, um, you know, where do you see your industry and why do you think it gets a bad rap? Why do I think it gets a bad rap? Well, <clears throat> it's, it's a necessary evil. Um, you know, and I think that's, if you look back at uh, my career, 
almost going on 20 years, that that seems to be what I felt probably halfway through that career, where you are just flowing with business. Uh, you understand, you're getting to understand people, you're getting to understand businesses. Um, you're getting to learn how to matchmake, uh, which is not simple. Um, <laughs> Uh, but that means, you know, you have to know a customer, you have to know your 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 candidate. Uh, where is recruitment today? I mean, <clears throat> recruitment is at a challenging spot. Um, I think a, an absolute critical spot. However, there are a lot of recruiters. Nobody goes to school for recruitment. You know, they go to school for HR, human resources. Um, I would imagine that there are some uh, some universities now teaching uh, recruitment and, and styles. But it's it's purely a service-oriented industry that, like others, uh, salespeople can get into and make a lot of money uh, selling jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I think that's what's going to differentiate a uh, true recruiter um, and, and, and define what that, kind of how that career success goes. Because people can come in out of this business just like anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, mortgages, selling mortgages, selling anything else. Um, but, um, I never had that, I never took that mentality. Uh, it wasn't natural to me. Um, I still don't consider myself a salesperson. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I think it's a, it's an extremely unique, uh, career opportunity, um, to, to support people's careers, but also to help educate both sides so that they try to get who it is, uh, they need when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's jump into architects and then I want to go back into the, the obviously the recruiting and, and everything you do. Um, if you had to pick one thing, what annoys you about architects? Do you work with a lot of them? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, it's interesting not being an architect, but see, being so heavily engaged with architects for so many years. Why do you have to know everything? <laughs> <laughs> the construction guy's probably right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, 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 it's, that's an interesting uh, question, and uh, I know it's one of your, your uh, key questions <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, but look, you know, um, I, that's probably it. There's, there's, a, you know, there's, a, there's a general stigma for architects, right? Um, they're more educated. Uh, you have um, all the inspiration and ideas and it has to be your idea. But again, I think that's a big stigma. I actually enjoy working with folks that, um, that bring that and that front that stigma because um, I have a pretty good knack of getting to know the individual and then uh, breaking that down to where to build that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely become, we'll, we'll talk about this, you have real relationships with, yep. your, with your clients. Um, I, I guess in terms of the industry itself, what drives you crazy about the the AEC industry? Is there one thing that kind of sticks in your, your claw? Underpaid profession. Hmm. Um, and that's more specifically broken down to um, you have such educated and talented people um, that, that are using their creative, uh, uh, mostly their creative um, side of things and in, into in, in mature business and to sell business. Um, that comes with that comes with difficulty. 
You know, it's uh, like my early career culinary days. I mean, it's you, you look at the culinary industry and you look at chefs and you look at what they go through to, to, to getting to their restaurant or their 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 cuisine, their menu writing. Yeah. Um, extremely labor intensive, hours intensive, um, driving all creative, all about creative uh, uh, mindset and and how to serve that customer and how to serve it appropriately. And I always found that correlation when I came to this business. Um, but to back to your question, you know, I, I think architects undercut each other, um, which is, you know, it's easy for me to sit and say that. And I thought about that for years. <laughs> um, but, you know, is there a better way to negotiate? Is there a better relationship with your client that you could have? If there, is there more depth to what you bring uh, to your clients? Um, is it just the design in the cheapest design? You know, is it that hard to walk away? You know, and I, and I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of a lot of questions there. But you're also in New York City, for instance, where you you go down probably a couple floors up or down in this building and you've got a competing architect. <laughs> so um, I do understand that. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's that's the one that's one key point that uh, there's always a competitor willing to do something for less. Yeah. And from the client, from your client side, from the end user side, you know, sometimes it's a it's a streamlined budget decision. Yeah. But how do we know that going in? I guess there's some there's some things there that I, I honestly think uh, could, you know, could could benefit the industry um, uh, by challenging those negotiation skills. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And I love that correlation with the culinary. You know, it's one of those things where you in a sense in this profession, you do have to put in the time. Right. And you have to develop the craft and you find your way, whether that's design or technical or project management. Yep. And for good or for bad, you really don't get proficient at it. Not saying that you're not good at it out of the gate. You might be great at it out of the gate, but you don't become proficient at it for many, many years. You know, uh, there's no quick, quick thing on this one, because it's pretty funny. I went to college four years of college. Uh, when uh, ended up didn't know what I wanted to do. Took uh, business courses. wasn't wasn't content there. And um, uh, the school had a restaurant administration business, you know, a food and business essentially uh, degree. Took that, um, and then um, had really no interest or experience managing a restaurant or or where the hell do you go from there? Um, and uh, fell in love with cooking, grew up with cooking, you know. So went with two buddies to uh, to culinary school, French culinary here in the city, right after college. Um, you know, my parents supported me another, you know, 40 grand, throw another 40 grand at them. And, um, you know, but I loved what I was doing. Uh, fantastic experience. Um, got into restaurants. I remember the first job I got. You know, I was so excited. In uh, Martha's Vineyard, at a, um, at a at a little restaurant, amazing chef, and uh, my parents uh, were like so excited for me. They're like, "Well, you know, what what what's your salary? What are you what are you making?" I was like, "Well, you know, we shouldn't talk about that." You know, <laughs> we're like, "What? You're a chef? Are you the chef?" I'm like, "Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm a wine cook, okay, and uh, making about thirteen forty two an hour." And you should have seen their faces. That was that was amazing. <laughs> After uh, four years of college, culinary school, and uh, you know, so, but but it it relates. You know, yeah. it really does. Yeah. Do you think along those lines? Do you think that um, you know, 
a fresh out of school, you know, architect or engineer guy or girl, you know, uh, do you think that the, the schooling itself prepares them for the workforce? <clears throat> you know, what it what it should prepare is 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 reality. Uh, do I think I, you know, What's interesting is I could take a general approach to the question. I can't. Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, ingrained with with actual universities, and um, quite frankly, you're not going to pay me to find an entry level person. Right. It, you know, it's kind of counterproductive, um, and it takes too long to to generate profit. Uh, but um, I think in general, there has to be a practical. Um, there has to be practicality to what they're teaching. Um, y- you can't. You can't come out of school thinking that you're going to be the chef. You right. know, it just it just doesn't work yeah. unless unless you have a client following for for some crazy you know uh, way. Uh, there, there's just no way to um, to establish a baseline process from uh, from from a, a, a five year education, four year yeah. education. So, um, I do think there should be practicality, business practicality, negotiating skills. Um, how do you how do you create a process, a business process, not necessarily a design process? Um, and, and maybe there are some schools that, that 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 do that. But I think in general, that's, you know, like my my shock of getting my dream job out of culinary school, unfortunately, uh, could barely make my, you know, my my rent. Yeah. So uh, but you, you've got to invest. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And, and so do employers really care um, where a potential hire went to school or if they have a you know postgraduate degree, is that something that, that comes up or does it not matter? And I can tell you from my point of view, it's nice. Um, it's nice if they have a graduate degree um, that might fit them in a certain mm-hmm. sort of bucket. Um, you know, to, I don't really care where you went to architecture school. I have to be honest with you. Um, I've seen, you know, really awesome. You are the anti-architect. That's right. (laughs) I've seen really, uh, really awesome, you know, uh, designers and architects, you know, come from not great architecture schools or parlayed in from a regular education into architecture. I'm just curious if that comes up a lot in your conversations. It used to uh, for many years. I I think I've, you know, I've I've built a credibility with with clients, uh, even new clients, you know, just in a get to know uh, conversation discovery with with a new client, um, um, meaning, you know, design practice or or firm owner. Um, And that's, you know, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll speak to, you know, right away now that I maybe didn't do 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Um, I would say to answer your question, it's, you know, that, that, that comes up generally that will come up in, you know, when you're, when you're building the relationship with, with a new practice, there are plenty of practices that will judge and, or make decisions on whether to interview or not based on, uh, education Mm -hmm. where and how much, um, I don't work with them. Um, you know, and that's that's more by choice. But um, it's not to say that that what they do is uh, is wrong. Uh, you know, I think there's plenty of merit. You've got extremely successful practices that um, uh, that uh, that that want that, you know, that that highest education. Um, but I'm an underdog guy, you know, <laughs> uh, so um, 
if you give a chance to a four-year degree, technical architecture degree, um, to, uh, to put them up against any, you know, educated person, you know, you know, that's gotten five years of master's and, and, and so on. Um, but you give them an opportunity in a door that, um, that they, they typically didn't, or they wouldn't think they would get into. And, and I've seen many people fly, you know, and, and, and dominate that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there's a give and take, and I think the world is, has, has, uh, uh, I, I think our industry has, has opened to that as the war for talent is just getting, you know, yeah. uh, more razor sharp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to focus a little bit on, you know, architects and designers, but feel free to talk about engineers mm -hmm. as well. Um, one thing that I know about you is that you develop relationships with, uh, with your clients, your candidates, right? You become their career advisor. And for many, it goes back decades. Um, and that's when I said, you know, you found us some people and you had relationships with them, which I, I find very, you know, admirable. How did you, how did this come about, you know, um, where you became a relationship became about sort of the career counselor throughout yeah. somebody's entire, you know, trajectory of their career? Um, <clears throat> you know, I think, I think it's a, uh, that's got to come from, you know, a human nature thing. Uh, I, I don't – I've worked with a lot of recruiters. I've, I've, I've built teams and, and trained, and um, there, there are intangibles that, that I think are, are critical to a successful uh, business or a successful career in this industry. Um, if you don't have a genuine interest in the individuals in which you're speaking with and to and why and, you know, where they're from or – one of my favorite questions when I'm just putting, you know, a brand new relationship is uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, th and that could be, uh, uh, you know, a high level senior associate level. But I, I think it just puts it, it puts a good um, baseline to to uh, uh, to resetting uh, a thought process on um, on who that individual is and, and what decisions they want to make toward their career. Um so, uh, you know, there's that's since day one, since my first <laughs> placement, you know, uh, uh, at Aerotech, you know, back in, you know, gosh, 2004, I think, 2003. Um, that relationship carried with me. What's really interesting, probably the first 10 placements, I didn't look at this, but I, I, I should. If you go back to the first probably eight to 10 placements that I've ever made in this career when I was 27, um, you know, I know who they are, where they are, and I reach out and say hello the most random times. And, um, you know, it's just a, an amazing uh, dynamic. I just reconnected with somebody from my first year in the business in Austin, Texas. Uh, my brother moved out there. Uh, we just uh, purchased some real estate out there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think um, I, th I think they moved to Austin like 15, 20 years ago. So I reached out and we jumped on a phone call and it is like, you know, totally, uh, uh, totally rekindled. And uh, we're getting together in, in April when I'm out there. But um, so, you know, it, it has to be natural. I think this, you know, you're, you're representing people, which I don't take lightly. Yeah. Um, and that's both sides. Uh, well, they're not the ones paying you. Why do you why do you care so much? Well, because they eventually if you if if you have that if you have that depth of relationship and you actually care and you listen to what they're trying to get to, they don't always know what they're trying to get to. Um, but 
without without a trust factor, without you know a um, without an inkling or a breakdown of uh, who they are and what they want. Um, you're only selling them a job, yeah. You know, and, and that's you know that that's detrimental to uh, 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 me as a recruiter and and a business owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so I think about this as you're talking. You know, I love you know giving people a job. Like I love sending offer letters. I love when they accept and they're excited to be here. I hate having to let somebody go or you know God forbid a turn a, a downturn mm-hmm. and having to let you know, groups of people go. I, I, I hate all that. I I take all of that extremely personally, both the hiring and the firing. Um, and whether that's good or bad, I, I don't know. But there's nothing like giving someone a job. And so right. as I think about, it's pretty powerful what you do. Do you do you have any reflection on that? Do you think about that on a daily basis? A daily basis? <laughs> no, but um, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, uh, if if you could if, if I dialed in my last uh, week of conversations with uh, three specific individuals, the amount that I've learned about them, their family, in, in a very short period of time, in a three-week, four-week period of time, um, literally they're relying on, on me, what I'm, what I'm saying, um, and, and, and what sensibilities and practicality to what I'm saying uh, makes sense. And, and in all three situations, it wasn't what they thought going into looking for the job, you know, so meaning it's not exactly uh, what they probably had in mind, but it's going to get them uh, opportunity in their career. That is where they're trying to go. Sure. So um, do I reflect on yet? I, I, I do. Um, I do often. And I think the, the, um, if there is someone that does not keep in touch with me after we, successfully get them a job, then I think there's something wrong with that. Not wrong, but I, but I think that that relationship is not as credible as I wanted it to be. Okay. And some things happen very quickly. Uh, but uh, relationships will, 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 always, will always go back. When I started this business a year and a quarter ago, you know, it was on a whim and it was, it was uh, um, very fast. I, I had help of somebody in this industry who is an awesome friend. Um, try to figure out a name, trying to figure out the name of a company these days. Not, not easy. <laughs> um, but, um, she was fantastic and, and sent me some, some, you know, so y- you just meet people that are extremely creative that want to see you succeed and vice versa. And yeah. that's what you're working for. So how does it work just in general in your, in, in your profession? Is there, you know, how do you find people, right? Sort of hidden in firms. How do you, how do you get resumes or people sending you resumes? Could you just kind of describe that? Pro- I know it's a little bit different for you yeah. because it's very <clears throat> relationship based, but just in general. No, and look in general, you know, there's 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 logs, there's databases, there's you know, uh, you take outside of our industry in the greater recruitment industry. Um, it, it's crazy how huge recruitment. God, but but you know, it's it's a behind the scenes uh, profession. You know, mm-hmm. um, there, there's, you know, maybe I placed 10 people with with you last year, Christian, but, you know, nobody's nobody's jumping on the podcast to say, man, you know, we're you know, we're, we're not. And, and we don't want that glory of making the matches. Frankly, a year later, you know, I talk to my clients and they forget, you know, who, who the folks are that 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 we place with them. And, and of course, you know, that's not that's not why we're in the game. But in the greater um, you know, industry, you have 
it's data like anything else. You know, the, you, companies data mine resumes. You know, you put up ads, you collect resumes. I always, uh, I never, um, I always wanted to build something of value, but value in this industry was always, well, how many resumes are in a database? Mm. And to me, that makes no sense. Well, how many, how many people are in my database uh, that, that I don't know or didn't have a conversation with, or there wasn't some sort of, um, you know, a, a, a breakdown of communication as to um, where they're at in their career. Mm-hmm. What the hell's the point? You know, so value to me is not typically what a value to to the industry looks at uh, evaluation of of a, of a of a company and how much data they have. Um, so, um, how do you find people? I mean, you know, there's there's your your data sourcing and searching. Um, I mean, we'll be up just like you, uh, your business. We'll be up against AI, you know, in coming years. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not worried about that. Um, honestly, uh, there's there's way too much uh, communication and person to person to go into it. But um, there's many ways to go about it. Um, yeah. LinkedIn, social media, um, all different avenues of branding and and. Um, you know, uh, uh, career drivers, you know, uh, now there's so much behind the scenes. It's, it's actually crazy. The amount of pull of data when you put your resume up online, where all that goes, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. It's pretty crazy. Interesting. Yeah. I, I never really thought about that. So yeah. So when someone has their portfolio posted and it's got their resume in there, you're able to extract that data mm-hmm. from it. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it is and it isn't. You know, I mean, it, it creates a lot of, you know, it yeah. cre- creates a lot of things yeah. in this industry. Yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. Christian, what do you mean you saw this resume before? <laughs> I've known him for two years. They never send your resume. You know? right. Well, yeah. another recruiter sent me it somehow. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm screwed out of representing that person because of that. So yeah. it's good and bad. I will tell you, you know, I, I, I'm sure everybody, you know, in the same way are bombarded with recruitment emails, you know, yeah. and it, I feel like there's just every day is a new one. Right. And for me, it's delete, delete, delete. We don't have a relationship with these people. I right. don't know where they're coming from at all. Everything always sounds great. And the, in the, if I read past the, the title, mm-hmm. it always sounds great. But, you know, so you're up against that, too, where yeah. people are just, you know, constantly just bombarding um bombarding areas especially when they're not coming from the region they you know it's coming from california or whatever i'm thinking how do you know kind of what i'm looking for here in in new york it's a very different very different thing um are there are there sort of have you run into this calls for diversity hires these days? Yeah, uh, there is um you know i think a lot of it is unsaid these days i mean you know um it's actually it's it's rare that a client uh, will um, will call. I remember the first time that happened. It was it was it was many years ago, um, and it was with a very large company, very large brand locally. And the principal just called in and said, uh, "You know, uh, Jim, we, we we need to make a hire. We need to hire really fast, but it, it you know it has to be a woman." I'm like, "All right." Um, that's perfectly fine. That's great. I mean, this goes back probably 2005, 2006. Um, you know, and, and I remember going over that with, uh, with the team and, uh, my boss at the time, I'm like, wait a second, well, you, you can't, you know, I mean, it's whoever's best, whoever's best to get the job. You can't you tell the customer you can't, you're not going to discriminate like that. So, um, it was a challenge, but, but, you know, 
it goes back to genuine uh, being genuine. Um, you know, uh, uh, I don't get that so much anymore. I, 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 I'm trying to remember the last time I was asked. But in general, I think the the industry um, appreciates uh, the diversity and the top skill for the for the job. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's my job to communicate why that that a particular individual is uh, is is right for for the job. OK. Is there ever a case where with what you do in recruiting, do you do you share um, with other recruiters or is everything sort of proprietary to you? And it's like a real estate agent. Do you share on that uh, (laughs) on a candidate? Um, I would have no problem. You know, it's interesting because I came from a very competitive company where everyone's your enemy, you know, and, (laughs) and that's how I was brought up for that eight years. Um, anybody competing against any, you know, is, is, uh, is an enemy, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I think, um, uh, there's so much more opportunity out there and I have absolutely, uh, shared, um, you know, candidates and, and, and different practice, uh, areas and, you know, uh, people who are, are, are financial controllers or marketing coordinators or, um, graphic designers, you know, um, it's not what I do. You yeah. know, I, I'm not I can't take the time to to spend. And, and though I've placed uh, marketing coordinators and, and financial controllers and so on, um, I don't have a log of, of opportunities there. So I have to create, you know, and that takes a lot of a lot of time um, to to create for those individuals. So, yes, I will absolutely have referred uh, referral uh, um, friends in the industry that that focus on different different areas. OK, that makes sense. So right now, what is the industry looking for in terms of talent? Is there a particular thing that you're coming across? I mean, the last three weeks has been, uh, you know, a, a, a tough go for, uh, uh, I think, for, for design. Um, construction's construction and, and, and things technical and technical phase are, are obviously, I mean, that's funded stuff. But uh, you're seeing a lot of project holds. You're seeing layoffs. Um, but in general, it's, it's, always, uh, it's always the same thing as far as the, the core ask and that you could probably call up any client and say, I have an amazing intermediate level um, um, architect that wants to work in the office, you know, is usually uh, the, the key. Um, <laughs> We're going to get into that. Yeah, don't worry. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, five, five to 10 years is really whether it's an interior designer, uh, whether it's uh, uh, an architect based building, whether it's an architect for interiors, um, five to 10 years is, is such a critical, such a critical razor. And it's been for, for 10 plus years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I wonder why that is. I, I guess, did people leave the profession during, yeah. uh, after 08, 09, 010, that was, that was a rough two plus years. Um, there's a lot of folks that found other paths. Okay. Um, I, now, I mean, uh, you and I probably talked about this. I think we have, but there's so much more opportunity in this industry than there was 15 years ago because you've got your end user clients hiring design teams. Yeah, you've got uh, project management firms that have exploded um, in the last 10 plus years. Um, um, you have the, uh, uh, the 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 WeWorks of the world who who can you know uh, who can absorb uh, tremendous amounts of staff um, you know and in in, in in volumes and in. in What's interesting is once there is a different visual of of what you want to do as an architect, if there's some faster track path, per se, um, 
usually it comes back to bite. But, um, <laughs> you know, you're going to take the money and run and yeah. take the experience. Yeah. It's just what happens in a couple of years back, you know, when 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 you try to get back is that's that's always going to be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. And and we we did lose people to WeWork back, you know, when WeWork was this was, you know, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were losing people left and right to WeWork. And I got it. You know, you they were offering in some cases, you know, 50 percent more salary, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fell apart for them. But some of them went on to do other things and ultimately got out of the industry. Right. You know, we've lost people to Tesla, which, uh, you know, is, yep. you know, how do I compete with that? You know, it's pretty cool. You know, you're working work on a Tesla building. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hours. A lot of hours. A very, lot of hours with Elon. Very, very demanding. <laughs> yeah. So just some more questions about sort of, again, the, that, that recruiting world. Um, me as the employer, how do I protect myself from, you know, people being poached out of my, you know, out of my company? <laughs> um, I could tell you how, but but then <laughs> but then everyone's going to hear it. No, I mean, <clears throat> you know, Christian, it's it's uh, um, I actually tell clients this and maybe I haven't told you this yet, but it is actually strategic to do business with multiple recruiters um, um, to give them a shot. Uh, you know, uh, uh, just like it is any any business, you think of, well, I just want to go all in with, with you. Well, that also sends a message uh, that, one, it's honorable. Two, it's, I mean, it's what anybody really is looking for, right? Is, is it true like you and your customers? Of course, you want to be the only designer uh, involved with the brand for foreseeable future. Um, but it's to the detriment of, uh, of the potential business, you know, where if you say, I'm sorry, we, we, we have a partnership with one practice or a retained, you know, uh, uh, recruitment uh, on, on practice. I've actually had <clears throat> this happen with, with one customer, had a retained recruiting agency for their firm of four offices. And it's like, really? I tried for years. I wanted to work with them so bad. You know, the design, the, 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 the culture and. Um, and I, I just was like, wow, that's so dumb. And, and they're, and they're located in DC. Like what, 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 you know, and it was a a small practice, small recruiting practice. I'm like, this makes no sense. So, uh, um, you know, but what did it do? Incentivized me to, to make some calls and stuff. I can't do business with them. So I got great clients and they have great people. Right. So what what am I going to do? Yeah. So you protect yourself in that sense. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but, but, but yes, I mean, there is a way to protect. And I think you give, you you give opportunities and, and, um, you know, uh, even if you place one, one person per year with, with another firm or a practice, you know what, um, they'll, they'll honor that, you know, that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to kind of talk about you and, you know, where did you grow up? What did you want to be? And it was sort of what's shaped you along the way in this path? Yeah. Um, grew up upstate New York. I say upstate, but it's only about an hour and a half. Anybody from New York always says that's extremely upstate anywhere past Westchester. Uh, <laughs> you know, middle, sure. <laughs> Middletown, New York, um, huh. uh, outside of it's actually right at the, uh, the corner of uh, New York where, uh, New Jersey's a couple miles. Uh, you know, you got PA. That's a few miles. Uh, small town, uh, small town. Two farms on the road growing up, and uh, I had uh, um, how many cousins? Eight cousins that that lived on the same street. 
um, with uh, aunts and uncles. My mom, my mom had uh, has eight siblings, uh, nine obviously all together. My father has uh, has, a, has has four. Large family. Um, my mom's te- a retired teacher uh, through and through, elementary teacher. Um, my father was uh, a, a butcher. Um, his father was a butcher um, and um, uh, had the, had their own business growing up. Then my father got into more managing uh, for, um, you know, uh, uh, supermarkets, managing uh, meat, produce, fish. Um, he elevated once we were uh, out of college and went to every single baseball game and, and, and football game and everything else. Uh, then he went into more, more career, but, but yeah, we grew up around, around food and, and, and family. Um, and, um, that's really shaped my interest, uh, to my initial was, uh, going to school for some sort of business where it involved food, mm. uh, beverage and, and, and so on. Um, you know, a, a college, uh, colleges, you know, it's, it's, I'd love to know the percentage of people who actually know what the hell they want to do going into college, you know, and, 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 you know, they're, they're, you learn so much about people, you know, in college, good, the bad, the ugly, uh, the fun, the, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you gain skills if you allow yourself to gain skills, you know, and, and, you know, that, that really brought me to, to culinary. Um, culinary brought me to, uh, um, you know, an industry that I worked about three years in. Um, amazing couple of years. Um, that was 2000, 2001, uh, 2002 um, with um, a chef, Marco Canora, um, with a uh, 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 craft restaurant, Tom Colicchio's restaurant, um, you know, and. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience, um, and nine eleven happened. Nine eleven brought a freeze to that. I was what a, two years in career, and you had the best new restaurant, James Beard Awards to, to craft restaurant, and, and all of a sudden it was crickets. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that was a that was an awakening. Um, making my my thirteen fifteen hour, I was like, hmm, now what? But. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, um, I made a change. You know, I, I, I moved down south uh, to Hilton Head, um, needed a change uh, within two months of being around Hilton Head. I had family there. Uh, they needed uh, help uh, running a construction company. It was like uh, restoration construction um, of which I had no experience. But uh, I learned a ton. I learned uh, real estate. Um, it was a time when, you know, real estate buying was actually extremely easy Um I saved up six grand. I bought my first condo uh, um, in in Hilton Head, um, which is crazy when you think about that now. <laughs> but this is only two thousand four or yeah. you know, three, uh, and uh, two no, two thousand two. Um, so I met my wife, you know, now wife down there. Uh, within a couple months of of making this move, so it was just a, a very uh, incoincidental um, shift that you know, wrote kind of the next chapter in my, in my life. And we ended up staying down there for a couple of years, both lost, not knowing uh, career direction, um, learned real estate. Um, uh, her and I bought another uh, piece of real estate again with no credit whatsoever, but, you know, just a couple thousand bucks. But, you know, that's one thing I've grown to really love too, is, is real estate and, um, you know, rental properties. And, and then by the time I randomly found uh, recruitment, uh, it was very random. Uh, her and I wanted to get married. We wanted to come back up north. Her family was from up north, um, Danbury area, Connecticut. 
um, that's when, you know, it, it, it really became, uh, uh, all right, what the hell are we doing? Go time. She, yeah. Was, yeah, <laughs> she had, a, you know, bachelor's, master's. I mean, she's got a great education and she was, you know, in sports management, but, you know, lost down in a fun place. But um, so we, we actually ended up both being hired by Aerotech, random introduction by my older brother to a to a recruiter huh. and um she worked in the uh, the connecticut office i worked in the new york office and architecture was what i uh what i joined you know um you know after seven interviews i didn't know how to tie a tie but you know so i, I my dad tied a tie for me the first time <laughs> swear to god it's so funny and i used the same tie for uh, seven interviews um but i got the job and now you don't need a tie at all no yeah no I haven't worn one in years. It's the best, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Why choke yourself? I know. It makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So that's, you know, that's how we, we discovered. And, and, you know, literally my goal there was I had to beg these guys to give me a shot. And I, and I just said, look, I, you're looking at my resume. It's like culinary, you know, three restaurants. Like, what the hell are you doing here mm-hmm. in, in a business setting? It was literally that funny. Uh, but they, you know, I, I literally said, you know, I, who's the best recruiter here? And, and. I don't really know what a recruiter is, but I know that I'll, I'll follow that, that individual. Wow. So they put me with that individual and um, um, had recruiter of the year award and blah, blah, blah. And it was a very successful, you know, uh, a six, seven year mission. And then from there, you went to where? To 52X? Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, life takes another turn. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I got in a, a pretty bad uh, accident on a dirt bike. Um, and it was 2011, um, yeah, mid 2011, the industry was horrible for us as, you know, in the architecture design community, it was, it was a tough go. And, and, um, and I remember I was definitely, uh, um, you know, stressed out trying to get back to where we were trying to, uh, trying to find clients to do business with, um, it was a very interesting period, but, um, a random, random uh, dirt bike accident, you know, uh, uh, put me uh, put me uh, into perspective and and really shook, uh, you know, shook shook some sense into me as to, all right, well, what what's next? So uh, I ended up um, in the hospital. Uh, I cooked everything for my father-in-law's 60th birthday party, and we had all this family up in Connecticut. And um, after after I was done cooking, I mean, it, it was you know, uh, uh, awesome day, awesome time. And I disappeared with my brother-in-law. We always go riding dirt bikes and quads and, uh, disappeared and never came back, you know? And, uh, I just happened to get an ax, you know, I, I ran off, I hit a guardrail and next thing you know, I'm in the hospital for five weeks. Wow. So, uh, lost my leg above, above the knee. And, um, and, and, and that was, a, you know, a critical moment where, you know, I made it six, I made it, you know, six months of recovery. And as soon as I, I got walking again, I uh, walked right through Grand Central because, you know, my, <laughs> I just needed to get back to, to life. I was still with Aerotech and I walked back, uh, you know, off the train in Grand Central and into the office and uh, all the odd, you know, cheers and clapping and blah, blah, blah that, uh, that happened. But that, it was great, but I knew, I knew right then that, I needed something different, you know, sure. and that's where I, I, I became really um, always wanted to have my own business of some sort, whether it was a restaurant or, or, or what have you. Um, 
but uh, that's when I knew that it was time to to step away from you know the the, the bigger corporate life and, and focus on my focus on what I can do and what I can build. Yeah, yeah. And so, have you used that that you know, obviously horrible accident as inspiration? Kind oh, yeah. of moving forward and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I've I mean, what we've my wife and I have accomplished since that is, uh, you know, it's incredible. You yeah. know, it's incredible. Help build uh, help build the company, um, you know, uh, with three operations, um, still still partnership and ownership in two of those. It really is amazing. You know, we've bought multiple properties. We have rental properties. We, we've built a, a lake house up on Candlewood Lake and and. You know, all that is is has really stemmed from you know my my earlier uh, interests in in real estate, but also in this industry, meeting friends that helped me design my my house, helped me you know do all this, sure. and um, it's been a, a, an incredible you know run you know post that accident. Yeah, uh, really. Um, you know, and and you know, pandemic changed that too. You know, pandemic. Uh, that was that man. What a what a crazy period. Mm-hmm. You know, that shutdown was just insane. Um, and we and we were just humming. You know, business was fantastic. Um, great culture, uh, great partnerships. And and, you know, it's like freeze. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to do when you're you're running a, a New York minute, you know, but we all had to do it. Yep. So um, but, you know, we we. You know, we we that was a challenging period, obviously, for for everyone in it. And, um, you know, what I what I gained is is uh, that y- you have to y- y- you really got to look itself and really got to to uh, to figure out well, what what is it that we're after? You know, you, yeah. you run the same train 10 years. Um, what are we doing with that? What do you want to do with that? Um, or do we do we separate and, and, and do things? And I saw tremendous opportunity in different different uh, different lines of this business that are so uh, uh, less traditional than staffing and, and recruitment. And that's what that's what I wanted to pursue. And that's that's where, you know, Worklink. Uh, yeah. So tell uh, me a little bit about Worklink and and kind of how it's different. Yeah. So. You know, we, we, we hustle our whole lives um, in a business sense and, and trying to develop relationships with clients and trying to win the client and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm done with that. You know, you're done with that hustle. And now it's it's very targeted as to who, who do you, you you're, you only have so much capacity. Um, who do you want to pour that capacity into uh, and why? And, and that's how I look at my that's how I look at the clients in which I, I work with now. Um, some of which I've worked with for, for years. Some of I had to walk away because it's just not um, it, it's it, they're not a mutual partnership of, um, you know, of, of, of thought. You know, I, I need partners that that and, and you need clients that lock arms with you and trust your intent and trust that what you're doing um, for them on a daily basis is advancing what their mission is. And, sure. and, and really that's, you know, that's where workload comes in. Um, you know, a, a quick, a quick story here is the, the, one of the services I offer now is um, uh, never, ever have I ever thought of doing this or, or, or what, but um, I'm sitting with a good friend, architect and his wife, you know, having coffee and this is early 21, you know, so still heavy pandemic, you know, everything's, you know, dead. And and I had started uh, work like this is actually toward the end of 21. Um, and um, um, I just started and I had 
30, 40 openings, you know, with my new brand, new company. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I doing this? So um, I had coffee with uh, with with my my uh, these two friends of mine up in Connecticut and who designed my my house up there and and uh, remain really good friends. They're from Argentina. Um, I, you know, I'm sitting there telling them everything's great, you know, but uh, it's it's, you know, me and me and one guy and we got we got a lot of work to do to, to make clients happy here. Um, good problem to have, but very difficult with finding talent in, in the market, that, that coming back market. Yes. Right. And, um, he, they just, you know, he just laughed at me. I remember he was just laughing. He's like, Oh, I just got back from Argentina and you know, there's no industry there. And, and I've got all my friends who have businesses and, and so on, who are architects and registered and they're doing construction jobs cause they don't have anything to, to work on. So it was just an incredible light bulb. Um, and now a year into that, I've got some amazing clients. I've got a, we've got a team of uh, 16, 16, 17 architects in Argentina. We just expanded some space. Um, amazing talent, um, designers, you know, architects, all levels. Uh, and all they want is to do what, what they want to do mm-hmm. in design. And they are extremely grateful, um, and it's been a it's been a great match. So basically, setting sub studios for my choice clients, my 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 clients who I look. There's a reason why I'm why I'm setting this up, and it's to have uh, people who you get to know, um, helping streamline the ebbs and flows of the business problems that we have here. Yeah, helps the community there, um, and and at a, at a much less cost, it, it helps the operations here. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one that's one thing that's really, you know, uh, last night after between six and nine p.m., three clients, four projects. Wow. Um, and, and I'm scratching my head. I'm like, oh, boy. But I got on the phone this morning with uh, with uh, Jerry and Teresa, who are who are here. Um, they're my local project control and handle all of that front end um, uh, communications, organization, structure it and then set up the teams accordingly. Yeah, and so now truly you're a full service resource for right. architects and engineers. It makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah, really very entrepreneurial and 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 smart. Yeah, and you know it's just there's opportunities if you look up past the norm. There there's a ton that you yep. know that can be that that can be accomplished, and um, you just got to trust others to 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 you know to lock arms. Yep. You know, and that's that's the harder part is figuring out those. Uh, those trusting relationships. Where are you seeing the sort of return from return to office uh, post COVID? Um, And I guess my question would be, what if I, as the employer decided, everyone's got to be in five days a week? You know, what, what, what would you, what would you say? You're so nice. I don't know. I don't know if you would have, right. right. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you would have the fallout. Most would, but you could probably count on 10 to 15% attrition within three months. Wow. Uh, I think other I think other firms that I've I've watched go through this, um, you know, attrition more than I mean, over time. Now, everyone's not going to just, oh, my God, and then run out the door. Mm-hmm. They've got to figure out what their what their path is going to be first. Right. But I don't think that's I don't think that's the path, whether, you know, uh, uh, my old school thought of, of uh, you know, working in the kitchen after all the education to, to grind up to hopefully becoming a sous chef. Uh, you know, there's work ethic involved. There's commitment involved. Um, a lot has shaken out. I think last year was was really tough. Um, I could not believe I had a phenomenal year one of my business. However, um, 
there's probably, uh, what was it, 14 or 15 declined offers, um, which ne has never happened in my career. Wow. Because I listen, I care, <laughs> and, you know, I, I try to make the appropriate match. But decision-making has been extremely complex with people in this industry. Um, and, and both sides, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's a very challenging, no, you shouldn't do that, but I don't, I think you're smart enough that you would never do that. Um, <laughs> you've got to be able to trust your employees. Um, everyone did it snap of a finger when they had to. Yep. Where is the balance? Yep. That's where we're trying to figure out now is how do you balance that? Um, and you know, my job has gotten much, much harder in the sense that trying to find the appropriate fit based on what somebody's willing to work and if it's their way or if it's the firm's way yeah is incredibly challenging yeah you know so you you end up having to do the job multiple times more to get one successful placement um through figuring out those candidates yep yep um but i i think you know there's a pendulum right there's always a pendulum up always a pendulum back where's yeah. where's the median you know i think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see this employee employer you know uh, um rough weather uh challenges for for probably a couple of years yeah. you know um and and those who can be nimble um who who can uh who have the uh, uh the practice like yours that is really engaging to and and listening to the employees um in their concerns and their wants and um not hard demanding set days um maybe you demand core days but there is there is some balance, you know. Yeah, and listen, we we've always been flexible. Even before the pandemic, we were always flexible. I always wanted to encourage working mothers to be here, and mm -hmm. I know from my wife, you know, being a mother and working is a, a difficult balance, yep. and you need to be able to on a dime change what you're going to do that day. Absolutely. And you know, so that's always been important here, and I think so. The pandemic, while obviously a shock, it it hasn't been that much of a stretch to come back to this sort of flexible environment. Yep. And listen, we've struggled along the way. I, I, and again, and I, I get it from the employer point of view, you come into an office that you're paying all this money for and you look around, there's all these empty seats and you go, oh my God, what's everybody doing? Where is so, everybody? so nice in here. Like, why? why? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then again, you know, kind of look at it from, from a different perspective yeah. and try to constantly evolve. That's, that's what you have to do. Um, so, as we kind of wrap up here, um, you know, is there anything else that we haven't covered um, that you would like? And I know I know we talked a little bit about, you know, your injury and, um, you know, a foundation that you're involved with as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Wiggle Your Toes is a, a help me get back on my feet. No pun intended. Um, might be a fake one, but I, I can I can <laughs> I can hustle. Um but, um, you know, amazing, amazing grassroots foundation that uh, my wife and I were, 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 were involved in for, for years, uh, for a handful of years. Um, had to take a step back when I was building a business. Uh, but, um, you know, something that we will uh, um, reconnect with uh, soon enough. Um, you know, I, I think the story on, on, on Wiggle Your Toes has uh, actually helped uh, an architect um, you know, uh, with a with a, a phenomenal friend of mine who needed uh, needed needed help, and you know the the, the crazy thing is is the technology is fantastic um, uh, for uh, for for limb loss out there. However, insurance does not want to pay for it. Hmm. Um, so, 
uh, durable medical equipment is uh, um, is is uh, can be considered luxury. You know, I've got the Mercedes Benz, but it, it costs me uh, quite a bit um, uh, because insurance only covers X amount. So, sure. you know, any any support to wiggle your toes uh, would be uh, amazing. Um, we did a number of events and um, that friend of mine, we ended up uh, uh, placing at at, uh, at Enead, and he had a phenomenal last five years and um, amazing talent, uh, you know, and now he just started up his own company. You I know, think so. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome right. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, no, uh, I appreciate your time, Christian. I, I really do appreciate your time here. Listen, I can't thank you enough for being here and most of all, sort of your honesty and vulnerability and kind of giving us a little window into your, you know, your world, which I think is valuable for the audience, uh, to hear. So to, to see and, 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 and read more about Jim, your LinkedIn page is, is very active. And then also the Wiggle Your Toes organization, which is wiggleyourtoes.org. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome.